holy name of Jesus. Amen. Yes. This is the feast day of the holy name of Jesus. And this is also the month of the holy name of Jesus. And the first 10 days of January, it's called the liturgical season known as Christmas. Amen. Which we see uh, the, the liturgical colors are white, which is the color of light, a symbol of joy, purity, innocence. And then the remaining days of January, we're going to enter into the beginning of ordinary time. The color is green. That's a symbol of hope. That's a symbol of sprouting seeds. That's a symbol that arouses, uh, you know, reaping the eternal harvest of heaven, especially the hope of a glorious resurrection one day. And, and also, again, in the, in the holy name of Jesus, I have some comments to make from St. Bernardine of Siena. I love it. You know, Jesse, let's talk a little bit more because you remember the, the book Tan put out by Father oh, Paul O'Sullivan. Yeah. I have it right here. Classic. <laughs> Classic. Jess and I always quote from it. And every I, year. Every, every year. Because it never gets tired. And I love this line. Bear in mind that each time we say Jesus devoutly, we give God great glory. We receive great graces for ourselves, and we help the souls in purgatory. I remember the other day for New Year's, we were saying, Jesus, mercy, Mary, help. These little prayers are powerful. So start beginning the new year with just throughout the day, say, Jesus, mercy. I mean, uh, the holy name of Jesus. This is a book put out by Tan Books, so I would recommend everybody. It's a little pamphlet that would be an excellent thing. One thing I will say also, he says, each time, yeah, each time we say Jesus, it's an act of perfect love for we offer to God the infinite love of Jesus. See, this is why it's so important. That name is so powerful, Jesse. The name above all names, Jesus. May the name of Jesus become like honey on your lips. May the name of Jesus become your melody at midnight. May the name of Jesus become that hymn in your heart. And may the name of Jesus become that sweet song yep. in the storm of life. Before we get to the topics, I'm, I'm glad we talked about Jesus' holy name, and we'll get to that on the gospel. But we're going to be talking about a, a Pope Francis's newest book, Hailing Islam as a Religion of Peace. Um, you know, let's analyze that, because we know, I think we know better from history that that's not the case, and the founder would would laugh at us probably. Yes. Uh, number two, the FBI targeting devout Catholics uh, went way beyond what Chris Ray claimed during testimony to Congress. So this is, you know, what wouldn't surprise me, Jesse, if we we as you know being a, a conservative in their minds, Catholic, we're Orthodox, but Orthodox Catholics, but it wouldn't be surprised if they were monitoring our show because of oh, the things we said. Oh, come on! Of course they are. <laughs> they already know that. Yeah, I know. I, you think we're not, you and I are not on an FBI Oh, yeah, we are. Sure. A hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. And hey. one of these days when we're on doing the radio show, too, you're going to see all kinds of FBI people in my house, <laughs> you know, rummaging through my, my, my underwear yeah. and, my, and, and my closet. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll say, Terry, I, I, I can't do the show today. I'm, uh, the, yeah. I got a visit. Yeah, we, we got it. Hey, Jess, need to know file. I, didn't, I wanted to share this with you, but something's been uh, really uh, bubbling in my heart about doing a little YouTube uh, show on how to share your faith with anyone. And the reason I'm going to do that... This is, is the time. This, this is, is the time. time. And if you think about it, Jess, we got 100... Are you ready for this? We got 160,000 views uh, with Bishop uh, is Bishop Martin Tabuga from last week's show. Okay? Worldwide, over 160,000 people 
watched our show on YouTube. So we want to, you know, we we want to evangelize on the radio, but we also want to take the media to take you know, all the different things to show that. And just yesterday, Jesse, I'm giving our listeners an update. Thank you for supporting us. Our little show yesterday, you know, we did the show, and then we had our guys do their magic and clip it up, and we had thirty thousand additional views just in twenty four hours from yesterday's show on YouTube. And I'm not even talking about all the other social medias where our guys are put, are taking our shows, our listeners and our supporters and putting them out to the world. And it seems it appears, Jesse, that people want to hear what we have to say. So I, I praise God for that because we have nothing to say except about the truths of the gospel of Jesus. Yeah, Christ. we're just messengers. We're not the yeah. message. Nope. Uh, it's Jesus rides our back. We're just the donkeys laying, uh, allowing the Lord to ride our back into Jerusalem. He's the one that people praise. Hosanna, exactly. Hosanna, Hosanna to the son of David. And just, just a need to know file, Indiana follows um, Texas. Remember I said there's 50,000 more babies in Texas because of the pro-life uh, justices that President Trump put on the Supreme Court? Well, Indiana... <laughs> Are you ready? 17 abortions in six weeks after the passage of the restrictive abortion mm. laws. You see, Jess, we can turn this around state by state. Oh, yeah. And that's a good news story. Also, Jess, one more quick note. Uh, I, and I, I think this is a good thing. I, some people would say, hey, uh, I've actually taken some classes uh, through you. I think Professor Regis Martin, wasn't he one of your professors? Yes, yes. Okay, well, he just came out. <laughs> You're laughing at me. He says... He's a good professor, too. Yeah, he's, he's very good. And very I think solid. he's red-pilled, you know, where he's now going... <laughs> he says, uh, I'm calling Pope Francis to resign following these homosexual <laughs> blessing texts. And he, and he just says, you know, I love the Lord, I love the church, but, you know, this is basically going to, uh, as, as Ralph Martin said, make the church like we're gay-friendly to a point where... <laughs> You know, people expect that, you know, homosexuality is okay because actions speak louder than words. So, I mean, he's an old guy, Jesse. He's older than me. But to come out and say something like that, I'm sure the the school, uh, everybody said, you can't do that. (laughs) Well, he did. I can can imagine his fellow academics right now are having a meltdown. You know, all the PhDs in the Catholic Church that have PhDs in theology, they're saying... Dr. Mort Regis, you can't say that. You're yeah. a doctor of theology. You're going to... Yeah. But, you know, he, in the article from LifeSide, he quotes uh, St. Paul, uh, who says, well, I am no St. Paul, neither am I adverse to paraphrasing him, who in his letter to the Galatians, chapter 2, verse 14, had the uh, cheek to call out St. Peter himself for the first pope at a point of doctrine, no less. When a man does not walk upright, when he fails to be straightforward, there's no question... But someone needs to tell him. So Paul told Peter, admonishing him to his face in Antioch. And so with the utmost respect, one really must summon the courage to tell the Pope. I agree with him, Jess. Uh, Terry, it's good to see that you have a PhD in theology that still has a spine. Because I'm going to be honest with you. You and me know a lot of people in the the church, all the academics. A lot. And it's funny, I always always tell Dr. Dan Schneider, I'm glad that you got a PhD and they didn't remove your spine. (laughs) Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. He's another guy right. that has a spine. Yeah, and and Dr. Regis Martin, and it's good to see that because a lot of them, Terry, that end up becoming getting these advanced degrees, they end up becoming milk toast. They end up becoming wafflers. They end up becoming. They start rationalizing all the all the errors that are coming from the Holy See and uh, and and from the Saint Gallen Mafia. They're saying, "Well, you got to look at it another way." And let me put it in context. Yeah. No, you know what? 
We're tired of that, Terry. We want plain English talk. Thank you, Dr. Regis Martin. And just to confirm what you just said, uh, Archbishop Chaput said this. Confused teaching is never inexcusable. He said, (laughs) deliberate or persistent ambiguity, anything that fuels misunderstanding or seems to leave an opening for objective sinful behavior is not of God. There it is. You're even getting academics and saying, yeah, "Yeah, you know what? we got to start speaking in plain English and and call a spade a spade. Call black, black, white, white. And uh, and they're doing it. Thanks be to God. Jesse, I took all your time. Need to know. What do you got? Uh, no, just speak, Lord. Your oh, servants right are listening. Okay, let's hit it. Yeah, I'll make it. Uh, John chapter 1, verse 29. John the Baptist saw Jesus coming towards him and said, Behold the Lamb of God. And we hear those words at, holy, uh, at the consecration. Yep. Who takes away the sins of the world. He is the one, that's Jesus. He is the one of whom I said, John the Baptist, a man is coming after me mm-hmm. who ranks ahead of me yep. because he existed before me. See, John the Baptist is right there implicitly acknowledging the divinity of Christ because John the Baptist is older than Jesus, humanly speaking. But he's saying, no, this guy came before me. Why? Because Jesus Christ pre-existed as the second person of the Blessed Trinity, the Logos. John, the the Bible says, I came baptizing with water um, that he might be made known to Israel. John testified further saying, I saw the Spirit come down like a dove from the sky and remain upon him. I did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, on whomever, you, on whomever you've seen the Spirit come down and remain, he is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. Now I have seen and testified that he is the Son of God, the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Only two things that I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. mention here. Yeah. Verse 29 about the Lamb of God. Mm-hmm. This points again to the sacrificial dimension of our Lord's mission and Jesus, as the Lamb of God, was prefigured uh, by in the Old Testament. He was prefigured by that Passover lamb. He was also prefigured by the blood, which marked the doorposts of the of the of the Israelites' house. He was also prefigured by the lamb that was eaten in a, in a liturgical meal by the Jewish families uh, the night before the angel of death was unleashed in Exodus chapter twelve, verse one to twenty-seven. And he's also he was also prophesied by Isaiah the prophet who portrayed Jesus Christ as the suffering servant, as an innocent lamb who was slain for the sins of others in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 7 and 12. And also in verse 32, where it talks about the Holy Spirit descended as a dove. The baptism of Jesus, which initiates uh, his manifestation to Israel, it also prefigures the, the Christian sacramental baptism. And you'll notice that word, remain, that word, uh, it's, it's a Greek expression which is used often by John the Apostle, which means to dwell or to abide. And that talks about the enduring love between the Father and the Son. And it also talks about the indwelling of the Holy Trinity in the life of the believer through baptism. Well said. Good commentary. Yes, when we come back, we'll get Fulton Sheen, the smartest guy in the room, to stand up. And then we'll get into our topics. You're listening to The Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Stay with us, family. We'll be back after a quick break. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. Wow. Yes, I'm just amazed on how uh, the gospel is being promoted through technology in such a powerful way. Praise God. Praise thank God you, for that. Yeah, and thank yeah. our listeners who 
bought these microphones for us. <laughs> yeah, they sure did. You know? <laughs> and we couldn't do it without them, Terry. Exactly. We're just mouthpieces. That's exactly, all we are. Exactly, bro. Let's bring the smartest guy into the room, Archbishop Sheen. Oh, Sheen ahead. It's about love and enemies. I think this is very insightful, especially for the topic we're covering. Bishop Sheen says, if you have enemies, and boy, do we, if they hate you, yeah, if they revile you and persecute and say all manners of evil things against you, and you wish to stop their hatred, to release the hatred in their clutches, clutch fists, drive them off the face of the earth, there is but one way to do it, Bishop Sheen says. Love them. We love them with the truth, Jesse. And I believe that's what we're going to be doing right now on this topic that we're going to hit, which is in Islam. In other words, Pope Francis wrote this latest book that says Islam is a religion of peace. Well, uh... I think that we have to look at the facts of Islam and how they started. And let's just look into that topic now, Jesse, if you'd be so good. Yeah, I highlighted some of the important things that I'll make some comments. Good, because you're an this expert so, on this. I, 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 you know so many good people who are uh, debaters on yeah. Islam. Yeah. That you've mm -hmm. got this down, so go for it, brother. So in this new book, recounting the last 10 years of his pontificate, Pope Francis is defending Islam mm -hmm. as a religion of peace, taking George Bush's term. Yeah. Well, he was wrong as well. Mm -hmm. And suggesting the possibility of making celibacy optional for Latin Rite priests. Uh, so the pontiff calls upon Europe to integrate Muslim migrants, insisting that radical Islam is a problem and represents a perversion mm -hmm. of religiosity because Islam in truth is a religion of peace and the majority of its members are peaceful. Uh, he, it says, as they say, either you're a terrorist or you're a Muslim. Then, by the way... We find fundamentalism in all religions. In all religions, what a false—that's a false comparison. Yeah, there's, there's, there's no Catholic terrorist. Okay, the Pope writes: radical Islam is a perversion because it is a religion that talks about peace. That's not true. Okay, uh, the Holy Father hasn't read the Quran. I have. There's 107 uh, verses that promote violence. I don't think he's read it. But look at how the founders started the, the religion back in the 8th century. Dude, I mean, just look at the history. What did he do? He, yeah. he, he conquered people by telling them that, hey, would you, would you move over? We're going to take over. No! He took the sword <laughs> out and said, let's get him. Yeah, it's, it says, in any case, I consider myself ignorant when it comes to international politics. Uh, the Pope writes, but I believe that the rise of ISIS, Islamic State, is based on an, on an unfortunate Western choice, wow. Francis notes, blaming the West, <laughs> blaming us. Yeah, of course. The, for, the, for the creation of the terrorist Muslim outfit. So the Pope Francis com, co, uh, blames the West, specifically the U.S., for ISIS. And I blame okay. the Crusaders, too, for causing yeah. so much havoc with yeah. the Muslims. He's not, he's not blaming the Quran, which, which is where they get all their ideas from. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he right. writes... Um, the Gulf War was a real disgrace, not to say one of the worst cruel cruelties. Saddam Hussein was certainly no little angel, on the contrary, but Iraq was a fairly stable country. Warning, I'm not defending Qaddafi or Hussein, but what did the war leave behind? Asked the pontiff. I, uh, now, on this, I agree with him. Uh, Pope John Paul II told Bush we should yeah, don't win. do it. Yeah, so, so on that, uh, yeah, we're, 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 we, we totally agree. Mm -hmm. We should have never went in there and destabilized that place. Right. Uh, it says, uh, so he's asked... Asked about traditionalist Catholics who, don't, who, do, who do not like this uh, approachable attitude and his accessible language, the Pope responded, many are scandalized because they think I am desacralizing the papacy. They belong to the, let us say, more aristocratic sectors. On the contrary, 
the simple people feel a just veneration for the Pope. Mm-hmm. So he says, he says that rank and file venerate him. Uh, then he talks about here. Uh, I just want to get into the Muslim thing right now. Yeah. He says, okay. Doctor, the, the article says Doctor Rude Koopmans, professor of sociology and migration research at Humboldt University of Berlin, and director of the research unit at Berlin Social Science Center, has debunked Francis's claim that most Muslims are peace-loving and that those who support violence in the name of Islam are only a tiny minority. Here's what Dr. David Koopman says. He says, I am very conservative with my estimate of 50 million violent Muslims. Of the 1.5 billion adult Muslims in the world, more than 50 million are willing to sanction violence. Yeah. Dr. Koopman concludes, yeah. noting that half the world's population, half the world's Muslim population is attached to an arch-conservative Islam that places little worth on the rights of women, homosexuals, and peoples of other faith. Just the facts. Dr. Koopman estimates, estimate concurs with a 2013 Pew report that found that in a majority of Muslim countries, only half of Muslims said they were concerned about religious extremism. Nearly 100 Muslims worldwide believe that the 9-11 attacks were completely justified. Oh, yeah. Moreover, according to the report, 14% of Muslims said that suicide attacks against civilians are justified in defending Did you Islam, hear that, folks? <laughs> even though not all these Muslims would be prepared to engage directly in violence, they support the radicals, they encourage them and provide them shelter or simply keep their mouth shut when they observe radicalization, Dr. Koopman stresses. And lastly, he says, uh, I am very conservative, Dr. Koopman says, with my estimate of 50 million violent Muslims, he acknowledges. Wow. And, and Jesse, we could go Terry, on this, for... He just, de- he just debunked the Pope. Right, but, but it's just the facts, you see. And you know what? You don't even have to have that if you just look at history of Islam. How did Islam spread? It wasn't through peace. It was through the sword. Of course it was. That's just it a was th- fact. It was through jihad. It was yeah. through holy war. Yeah. Terry, I'm, uh, l- uh, let me give you a list, a kind of an impressive list of... of, of of uh, fathers of the church and doctors and popes yeah. that have said that Islam is not a religion of peace, the religion of violence, right. and many of them have actually said it's it's a diabolical religion. I happen to agree Saint, with that. Saint John Damascus, doctor of the church, yep. he says that Islam is a forerunner to the Antichrist. Mm-hmm. Let me give you another one here. Pretty strong. Uh, pope Pope Benedict the Fourteenth, yeah. okay, yeah. Uh, says we are. Uh, we equally pr- strictly prohibit any of Christ's faithful from taking from 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 daring to take Turkish or Muslim names in order to be considered Muslim. Uh, he also writes, uh, "the the errors of Muhammad are at variance with the Christian faith. It involves lying. It includes the virtual a denial of the Catholic faith, and." It's an insult to God and scandalous to neighbors. Here's another one. Pope Clement V. He says, uh, It is an insult to the holy name and the disgrace of the Christian faith that in certain parts of the world, subject to Christian princesses, where Muslims live, uh, sometimes intermingled with Christians, Pope Clement V calls him, he calls Muhammad an infidel. Mm-hmm. He says he brings disrepute in our faith and, and gives great scandal to the faithful. Pope Leo X says Muslims and other infidels, they treat the way of 
of true light and salvation with complete contempt. Pope Pius II, he says, turn the, the anger of Almighty God against the godless Muslims and barbarians who despise Christ the Lord. Pope Calixtus III says, I vowed to exalt the, the one true faith, the Catholic Church, and to extirpate the diabolical sect of the reprobate and faithless Muhammad. Pope Eugene the Fourth. 1434 says there is hope that very many from the abominable sect of Islam will be converted to the Catholic faith. Terry, I got sheets of paper of popes and saints that are calling Islam a false religion and a diabolical religion. So I I don't know either Pope Francis knows something that all these popes and saints don't know. I'll give you some recent ones. Yeah. Pope John Paul II, St. John Paul II. His book, Crossing the Threshold of Hope, page 92. Here's what he says about Islam. He says, Islam, the Quran reduces divine revelation. He says, Islam is not a religion of redemption. Exactly. There is no room for the cross and the resurrection. Yep. You, know, you know what that means? Islam's not a religion of redemption. Yep. It means that they're stuck in slavery. Because redemption means you're no longer a slave, you're a son of God. So Pope John Paul II said Islam is a religion, is not a religion of redemption. In other words, there's no, you can't become a son of God or a daughter of God through Islam. That's what he just said. He said, there's no room for the cross and the resurrection. Our religion is a religion of of, of redemption. Jesus died for our sins. And as a result, he has purchased us with a price. We have been set free. Yep from the slavery of sin, and now we walk as children of God. Let me quote you another giant, a recent giant, St. Thomas Aquinas. Here's what he says about Islam. (laughs) Chapter 3 in in, in the Summa. He says, on reason for our faith against the Muslims, he says, "For for since the mockers, the Muslims are carnal, they are incapable of grasping anything intellectually except what pertains to flesh and blood. Wow. Wow. St. Teresa of Avila, doctor of the church. God is offended and how little esteemed in this world and by considering how many souls are lost. Which souls are lost? Both of heretics and Muslims. That's in Interior Castle, page 108. You could go on for Jesse. I've heard you go on for hours. It's so it's it's almost laughable that I'm just saying. Didn't somebody in the Vatican read this guy? Yeah. So who's this is the, the treasure of the church? Yeah. Who's been informing him? Yeah, I agree. It's just so sad. It's sad because he should know better. That's we don't even know our history anymore. No, no, no. no. Terry, even Pope Francis, his namesake, Saint Francis. He had a lot to say about Islam. Yeah, what happened with Frank, St. Francis when he met a... Uh, a, a <laughs> he met, yeah, he met a sultan. Yeah, right? The sultan is like one of the captains. Yeah. The sultan has a big army. He has tigers and lions and chains. <laughs> uh, St. Francis is by himself. This is in the 12th century. It was really and, a well-versed... And, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and this guy was a sultan of Egypt. His name was Melek el-Kamel. So St. Francis, he crossed enemy lines, and he was received by, by this sultan. Yep. Uh, of Egypt, yep. and and Saint Francis, he challenged the Sultan to a test of the true religion, kind of like Elijah. Yeah, he said, he goes, I'll enter a bonfire, and then you enter a bonfire, 
and we'll see who God protects. Yeah. I'll walk into a fire. Then you, you Sultan, walk into a fire, and let's see who God protects. Guess what the Sultan told him? Uh-uh. I don't accept your challenge. Exactly. St. Francis is by himself. Yeah. And then here St. Francis tells the Sultan, St. Francis has no army, Terry. He's by himself. Yeah. He's facing off a Sultan with lions and tigers and chains yeah. and thousands of soldiers behind him. And, and, and St. Francis says this, quote, if you do not wish to believe, we will commend your soul to God, Sultan. That's it. Because we declare that if you die while holding to your Sharia law, you will be lost. God will not accept your soul. I call that the St. Francis option. Okay? <laughs> That's what Francis, our Pope, needs to follow. Pope Francis, he named, he named after him. Follow his example of how he deals with Islam. All right, stay with us, family. I want to just mention one more thing about the book, and then we're going to get right into the FBI targeting of devout Catholic. Stay with us, family. You're listening to The Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse show. Just just demonstrated for the last six or seven minutes of what Islam is all about. And if you really want to know more about it, Jesse, uh, what books would you recommend to our listeners? Kirkpatrick, I, I, I think he's got a good one. Uh, yeah. It, anything written by Robert Spencer. Spencer. Robert Spencer is the top of the food chain okay. that we have good. in the Catholic faith. Uh, anything. He's written like 20 books on Islam. Yeah. Uh, it, it just type in Robert Spencer. He's good. Uh, yeah, he's he's probably the best that we have out there right now. Excellent, Jesse. I, I wanted to add something to that book uh, that uh, Pope Francis. And I'm not doing this to beat him up. I'm hearing to be, pray for him because he's emphasizing this in his book that holy orders, including the diaconate, are reserved for men. He's he's right. Francis argues that in theory, a woman could become a cardinal since the cardinate is not connected to the sacrament of orders, but rather to the function advisors to the Pope. He said, if, however, women were to be made cardinals, he said, I, probably won't have enough time because he's 88 years old, thanks be to God, he says, I could issue a decree that changes the requirement for entering the conclave and allow a bishop who is not a cardinal to participate since only bishops can elect a Pope. And he says this, on ordaining women to deacons, Francis pointed out that there were different opinions on whether or not the deaconesses in the early church had the sacrament of holy orders. We all know what that meant. But regarding mandatory celibacy in the Latin rite, Francis explains that celibacy is a disciplinary issue. He's right, which implies that the Pope could arrange for it to be optional. This is the statement that bothers me really a lot, Jesse. He said, let my successor arrange it if he deemed appropriate, he remarked, because celibacy is torture. It becomes impossible if one experiences it badly. But it is no less true that if one lives with the fullness of the ministry he has chosen, it is not only bearable, but also beautiful. It's obvious that a vocation is needed. Well, I want to just say this, Jesse. Uh, I'm a member of the Anglican Ordinariate, okay, and we have married clergy. And I'm just going to say it, it's a horrible thing, and I'll tell you why. Just what St. Paul said. A married man has this, has the idea of being able to have to serve his family and the church. Jess Romero couldn't do that. Uh, I couldn't do that. And what happens is the flock isn't going to be fed. 
we have many times with the Anglican Ordinariate where the priest, his wife says, hey, I need you at home, honey. Guess what? He goes home because that's his first priority. There's a beauty in celibacy that the church has had since the 8th century that uh, really gives men a focus to say, I'm married to the church. I have denied myself. And let's be honest, Jesse Romero and Terry Barber, we were celibate until we got married, okay? And did it, did the celibacy make you sick? Is, is, it, is it a disease? Nobody dies of virginity. Nobody dies of celibacy. Thank you, Jess. And so, Look at, read any uh, yeah, obituary. Yeah, so here's the point I'm trying to convey. We don't need to lower the bar because the, the flock will not be served well. So it, celibacy it has such a beautiful uh, teaching for men who are priests because they can dedicate 100% of their time feeding the flock and helping people get to heaven. A married clergy is a bad thing because I see it all the time here where a clergy, and even my married priests who are at the Anglican Ordinary, you know what they say, Jesse? Not a good idea to have a married clergy. So there, I just had to say that for that. Yeah, well, you got it uh, from 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 priests that actually yeah, are, uh, are yeah they're married, so they 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 know what they're talking about because uh, it's what Saint Paul says. Saint Paul says it's uh, it's it's hard to serve God and the family at the same time. Yeah, you got it. All right, Jeff. Terry, I want to talk a little bit about the targeting of devout Catholics went it. way beyond what Chris Ray claimed during testimony to Congress. Okay, Chris Ray and the FBI are now targeting devout Christians mm-hmm. as potential terrorists in America. And uh, the FBI agents are engaged in outreach to Catholic leaders to spy on Americans practicing their Christian faith. Don't be surprised if Terry and me one day uh, we're doing the radio and you see <laughs> FBI right behind us putting handcuffs on us. I'm serious. It could happen. <laughs> and you know what I'm yeah. going to say? Thank you, Jesus. Yes. We'll just preach the gospel in prison until exactly. we get good lawyers and then we'll get out. Yep. So the FBI agents are engaging in outreach to Catholic leaders to spy on Americans practicing their faith. Yep. And this was... A shocking revelation. Americans already knew that the FBI and the DOJ they uh, they were targeting Catholics. We kind of knew that. Yeah. We're, but uh, we've known this from earlier reporting. But we also have evidence now here that they're infiltrating Catholic parishes. Yes. Chris Ray's FBI sent out a memo warning agents of the dangerous. <clears throat> here it is. Check this Radi- out. Radical traditionalist Catholic <laughs> ideology that was that was gaining popularity in the country. And the memo was uh, was posted at uh, UndercoverDC.com, 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 by former FBI agent Kyle Seraphim. By the way, he was voted as the Catholic Hero of the Year by Catholic vote. Uh, Kyle Seraphim, all I can say is this man has courage in spades, Terry. Yeah, we need more guys to be like this. And you know what, Jesse? Can you imagine he loses his job, everything... Is gone. Yeah, I, yeah I, everything. I just believe that we need more, even our own clergy to stand up, like, and say, you know what, the emperor has no clothes on. We have to yeah. come out and say it because it's the truth. Stop being politically correct. This has been a been a big problem in our culture. Who's going to influence who? The world or the church? And it seems to me like the world is influencing the church too much. Yeah, it says here, Kyle Seraphim last year was suspended indefinitely from the FBI without pay yep. after stepping forward oh, yeah. as a whistleblower and alleging that the FBI is trying to hide how many man hours they use on the January 6th investigation. Kyle Seraphim had worked on the FBI's Richmond office for six years. Uh, he, my comment on this man, Terry, this man chose to follow his well-formed Catholic moral conscience versus keeping his highly respected 
and coveted job as an yeah. agent in the FBI. Yeah. This man has shown that he's a true follower of Christ, and this is an example of a serious Catholic Christian who knows that Christ is king, Terry. Yeah, and, and Jesse, you know what? Our Lord taught us that. You know, if we're, you want to be with the world, I, I, I still quote um, what Bishop Sheen said, uh, and this is appropriate for our friend because he did this. He said this. He said that um, if I were non-Catholic and I were looking for a true church in the world today— I would look for the one church which did not get along well with the world. Bishop Sheen says, in other words, I would look for the church which the world hates. And you see, when we realize they hate us, Jesse, don't take it personal, okay, brother? It's because you love Jesus Christ and you stand for truth. It's nothing personal. It's all about our faith. And so this is, if we're going to go down for something, there's nothing better than going down for our love for Jesus Christ and his bride, the church. Absolutely. Get it. Yep. The uh, the article says the Weaponization Committee released more information on this troubling development earlier this month. The committee found that Christopher Ray's FBI targeted devout Catholics because they're pro-life, pro-family, yep. and support biological basis for gender. The FBI singled out traditional Catholics as potential domestic terrorists. Now, here's my commentary. <laughs> when was the last time yeah, when was time. the last time you witnessed a traditional pro-life Catholic yeah. strapping on a bomb around his waist and going into the public square and yelling, Jesus Christ is Lord, and detonating that bomb Never. and killing dozens of innocent Never. people around them? Have you ever seen no, that? No, it's ridiculous no. to even think like this that. This has never happened, but there is a religion called Islam yep. that does do this almost daily somewhere Texas. around the world. Right. So so the FBI is targeting the wrong religion. Yeah. The FBI needs to become unwoke and politically incorrect and grow a spine and go after the religion that breeds terrorism, which is Islam. Well, we won't do that as a country because it's politically incorrect. It's okay to attack Catholics, okay? That's okay. Nobody's going to complain about the Catholics having their statues or their churches burned down. But you can't say a word bad about Islam in this country. <laughs> no, it's just how it is. The article says, how is this any different from any other Marxist regime in history? Now we know that the targeting of Catholics went way beyond what Christopher Ray told Congress. Yeah, he lied. Oh, yeah. When is this guy going to face repercussions for all of his lies under oath? Uh, Fox News reported the following. It says a conservative government watchdog has released almost 100 pages of FBI documents. It says it says showed the agency was not fully forthcoming mm. about its actions surveilling and targeting Catholic churches. FBI Director Christopher Ray had told congressmen that the memo was a single product by a single field office. But the records uncovered by Judicial Watch, oh, I, another good organization, oh, I, I support those guys. show that it was reviewed by the uh, Office of General Counsel and the Chief Deputy Counsel. And Judicial Watch posted in a press release a couple of Fridays ago, it says, Judicial Watch obtained the documents through a Freedom of Information Act request related to an internal FBI memo leaked earlier this year, which revealed that the FBI had efforts underway to identify and treat Catholics as potential terrorists. This is a, it's almost, it's like, what, what <laughs> land are they living on? The records also indicate, 
coordination with officials from Portland and Milwaukee, the press release said. Finally, the FBI Richmond internal memo titled, quote, Interest of racially or ethnically motivated violent extremists in radical traditionalist Catholic ideology almost certainly represents new mitigation opportunities. Uh. Close quote. That was leaked in January and it drew instant criticism from Republicans. But uh, the Democrats, uh, they said nothing about it. Of course they wouldn't because they're embarrassed by it, actually. They, would, they don't want us to even talk about this. Because it's very embarrassing. But Jesse, here again, someone's got to stand up for Holy Mother the Church when it's attacked. And unfortunately, what Fulton Sheen said back in the 70s, who's going to save the church? He said it's the lay people. Because have I heard the Pope, bishops, uh, you know, where are they in this issue? Silent. And I'll, I'm going to tell you why I think it is. And we only have a minute. But I think they do not want to upset the U.S. government because of the funding we get mm. from the Bishop's Conference. You think I'm onto something, brother? <laughs> Maybe? Follow the money. Yes, mm. what do we got when we come back? I hear the music. Yeah, well, I'll just we'll make some wrap-up comments on this, and then we're going to talk about uh, the the glory of the Catholic faith, yeah. just like the Mexican uh, Cristeros did 100 years ago. Wow. They understood the glory of Catholicism, and we're going to talk about the glory of Catholicism today. I can't wait, and you can't either. Stay with us, family. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back. We're too blessed to be stressed. We're too anointed to be disappointed. And if hope was money, Jess Romero, Terry Barber, man, we'd be billionaires. You know why? Amen. Our focus is on the holy name of Jesus. This is the feast day of it. We, we had to talk about some crazy things that are going on in our church and also in our, our government. And, you know, we want to keep our eyes focused on Jesus, but we have to be what we call high-information Catholics. And, Jess, you had a couple more thoughts on this FBI target. Yeah, I just, want to, I just want to wrap it up, and I just want to say that, number one, Carl Seraphim's a hero. Yeah, of course he is. Number one. Yes. Number two, the FBI uh, is woke. They can't be trusted right now, Terry. That is uh, and, and I want to, th- and, 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 and number three, I want to say that Catholics, uh, traditional Catholics, pro-life Catholics, we are not terrorists. <laughs> hey, FBI, you think? You have, you have nothing to worry about. Exactly. Uh, the, the, the only thing that I'll say just to close this off is mm-hmm. all this happened, Terry, under the Biden regime notice. True. Second Catholic president. And trust me when I tell you this was done with his knowledge. Of course it was. And his permission. Of course. And, and, and can I just throw one yes. more thing in? Yes. <laughs> this would have never happened with the previous administration. Oh. Not even close. When you see what Trump, Trump was Catholic friendly, Terry. Yes, he's not even Catholic, but he was so he was so much for he religious was surrounded freedom by Catholics. Too. He he made it clear that our country needs Christianity. Absolutely. And so this is the second Biden is the second Catholic president. And I want to say for the record that he's the most anti-Catholic president we've ever had in the Oval Office. That's, and okay? Jesse, that's not you just your opinion. You've overly you've, you've given all the facts. Matter of fact, can I just well, I won't go that far. Go ahead. Yeah, you've you've stated it very clearly. Yeah. The the American government has undergone a radical transformation uh, under it really started with Clinton, Obama, now Biden. And 
now even our constitution, Terry, is it seems like it's up for grabs. It's uh, our, our the Democrats have turned this country into a huge entitlement machine oh, yeah. whose primary function is to take wealth right. from certain citizens who work hard yep. and transfer that wealth to politically favored groups. And uh, and Edward Edward Murrow once said, "A nation of sheep will beget a government of wolves." That's where we're at right now, Terry. Yeah, and you know, to be honest with you, Jesse, I don't want to say this, but I'll share it. The young people of today uh, really have no problem with socialism. That's really sad right now. They've been indoctrinated in the schools, hmm. so that we someone's got to inform them. Uh, that socialism leads to communism and um, your freedoms be taken away, every, whether it's religion, and the state becomes your God. But these young people just have been formed so poorly that they don't know better. So we need to really have, this is why this is important to bring this up, Jess, to share the, the real truths about what's going on in our culture. That's right. Let me share some reflections on the name of Jesus today from yeah. my Magnificat. <laughs> it says, Jesus ranks ahead of John the Baptist. Yeah. And will baptize with the Holy Spirit because he's the son of God and frees us from lawlessness and sin. Jesus shows us the father's love and makes us children of God who are pure as he is pure. Indeed, his very name means savior. Yep. Oh, glorious name. Oh, name so full of grace. Oh, most powerful, loving name. By your name, sin is forgiven. Enemies are vanquished and the sick are healed. Through you, the patient are given strength and the afflicted are consoled. You are the pride of the believer, the strength of the laborer, the sustainer of the weak, the fire of fervor and the heat of ardent love. That came from St. Bernardine of Siena. Thank you for sharing that, Jess. I want to share Colossians chapter 3 because you know what? We're a biblical church. We have a biblical worldview. It's Colossians chapter 3, verse 17. St. Paul tells us we must do all we do, whether in work or word, in the name of Jesus. Hmm. All whatsoever you do in word or in work, do all in the name of Jesus Christ. And that's Colossians chapter 3, verse 17. So that in, in this way, Jess, every act becomes an act of love and of merit. And moreover, we receive the grace to help to do all our actions perfectly well. Wow. Sign me Here, up. Here's another one. Hit me. First Corinthians chapter 6, <laughs> verse 11. Yes. Talking it. about the name of Jesus. Yes. It says, you have had yourselves washed. You were sanctified. Mm. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. First Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11. Here's another one. Philippians chapter 2, verse 9 and 10. Here, this was Father Gabriel Amor's favorite oh, yeah. verse to, to yeah. deploy during an exorcism. Right. It is goes like this. It is the name above all names. Yes. Before which every creature in heaven, on earth, and under the earth must bend the knee. That's the name of Jesus. Philippians chapter 2, verse 9 and 10. Terry, we're, we find ourselves right now kind of in a, in a Cristero moment. I, I agree. Make the connection, Jess. Yeah, let me make first, the connection. A yeah. couple years ago, I think in two, 12, 2012, our friends, uh, Eduardo Verastegui, yep. Alejandro Monteverde, Leo Severino, sure. they came out with a movie called For Greater Glory. And this was a movie that showed the historical Mexican war. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
back in the 1920s, was called the Cristero War, where uh, you had laymen, men and women, that uh, they risked their family, they risked uh, their faith, and, and, and they fought for their country because the government had, had, was run by Freemasons, but they were imposing communism. Right. And so this ragtag group of Catholic men, <laughs> That's a good way. They, they grabbed this retired general called General Gorostieta, yep. played by the famous actor Andy Garcia. Mm-hmm. He was a retired military general. He was kind of a secular humanist. But he also was witnessing the persecution yeah. of his, uh, you know, of his fellow citizens in Mexico sure. it, 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 by the government, and so you could see this transition began. This transition of conversion began in General Gorostieta. He became kind of a quiet, retired businessman who was apolitical, but he ended up being recruited and joining this ragtag resistance army called the Cristeros. And he became like the, the the sacrificial leader, and so he he is a man that of 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 uh, of goodwill. Yeah, he he saw the religious persecution in the country, and so he used his military savvy right. to turn uh, uh to transform a, a ragtag band of rebels into a a pretty formidable fighting force that we call the Cristeros. But what I remember, yeah. and this is what I want Catholics to think about. Yeah. Before one of the final battles, General Gorostieta, he rallies his men by saying, he says the following, he's on a horse, and he says, Today, we're going to send a message. Freedom is our home, mm-hmm. our wives, our children. Wow. And we will defend it or die trying. Yep. Then he says, Que viva Cristo Rey. He says, you must remember, men, that men will fire bullets but God will decide where they land. The great Close. line. I love yeah. that line. And so to me, to me, this reminds me, Terry, because yeah. we're going through the same thing right now. We got yeah. Freemasonry and sure. Marxism in this country sure. that is trying to take over the government and the Catholic Church. Yeah. And so we have to keep those words in our heart. Yeah. Uh, General Gorostieta's words in our heart. And let those words, Terry, rally courage and fortitude in every one of us. And, and and those words remind me of the words of St. Paul. Romans chapter 14, verse 7 and 9. He says, none of us lives to himself and none of us dies to himself. If we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. So then whether we live or we die, we are the Lord's. Amen. For to this end, Christ died and lived again, that we might be both Lord that, that he might be both Lord of the dead and of the living. So what's the worst that they can do to us? <laughs> is kill us? That's right. If we die in a state of grace, guess what? Hey, we Go win. to heaven. We win. Exactly. Hey, Jess, I love this ending of our shows. Hey, folks, don't you just love the hope you have in Jesus Christ? I'll, I'll give you one more quote from the name of Jesus is the shortest, the easiest, and mm. most powerful of prayers. Everyone can say it. Even in the midst of his daily work, God cannot refuse to hear it. Let us then invoke the name of Jesus, asking him to save us from our calamities that threaten us. And one more thing, Jesse. Every time we say the name of Jesus, you'll notice my head bows. Can we go yeah. back to doing yeah, that, Yeah, we have man? to go back to that. That, that In the Anglican Ordinariate Mass, if, if yes. they're reading the Gospel, every time the name of Jesus comes, the priest takes his beretta off his head. 
That's how it used to be in the old days, Jess, because of the reverence due to the name of Jesus Christ. I think we need to get back to that. What do you think, brother? Ah, absolutely. Uh, and and uh, that it's funny. When, yeah. Every time I've been doing the, the Wednesday show yeah. with Kyle Clement. And yeah, he's awesome. It, Kyle, every time, we're on radio, and, 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 and it convicts me. So we'll, he'll say the name Jesus, or I will, and Kyle right on, on radio. Yeah. He'll, he'll go like this. Of course. And it, re- it reminds me, just like, wow, just even on radio and, yeah. and podcasting, you know, every time we say the name of Jesus, he Amen. always does that, yeah. and then I follow right after. But you're right, Terry. we got to go back to that tradition. I think so. Yeah. you know what it does, Jesse? It gives us focus in life. Living in the presence of God is the yes. key to life. Yes. All right, brother. Yeah, yeah. Terry. Um, Wrap it up. Uh, the last thing I'll say is uh, I'll give St. Paul the last word. Philippians chapter 1, verse 20 and 21. St. Paul says the following. He says, with full courage now, as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. Mm-hmm. For me to live is Christ Amen. and to die is gain. Close quote. And one of the f- common quotes from the early church fathers was, you can't do anything to a man who looks at death <laughs> as a positive option. You can't send me anywhere where God is not. I love that line. And you know who gave that line to us? When I remember it was Father Zachariah Boutros. Boutros. When some Muslim dudes were going to try and promote the religion of peace on him <laughs> by killing him. Yeah, and he was in a jail cell. Well, and no, he was that's, 12 years old. His and that's brother what he told just, him. Yeah, his brother just got killed in front of them. The Bible yeah. fell on the ground. He picked up the Bible, and they said, you want to be next? And he said, you can't send me anywhere God isn't, dude. Yeah. And I said, that's a man of faith. Yes, that's who I want to emulate. <laughs> Amen. All right, brother. I hear hey, the music. You, wow. Went by yeah. Fast. Hey, remember uh, my fellow Cristeros, uh, okay? Yeah. Uh, become a saint. This is, don't miss the opportunity. God gives us the opportunity every single day to become saints. Live in a state of grace. Don't live in a state of mortal sin. Grab your battle beads and pray your rosary every day. Amen. Don't forget, Our Lady of Fatima said souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices. Yes, our our name of Jesus' name is powerful. Offer that up to Jesus every day. And I might add... um, Don't forget, we have another show coming up with Matt Arnold in about a minute, so stick with us on our app. If you haven't got our free app, go to vmpr.org, download that app. Tell your friends, too. That's how we get the word out. I want to thank all of you, our listeners, who have been so good to us and letting us proclaim Jesus Christ and Him crucified. May God richly bless you.